1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There's a
2: high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's us deep to left field, and it's on gutter. Big fly. To the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time. Can the Milligans win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Come back, pattern cut. Touchdown. Kansas
3: City. Now, Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Welcome back. It's eleven oh five in St. Louis. We're at the Stevel Sports Studio here at the ballpark. I'm Mike Claiborne. It's Sports on a Sunday morning. Hour number two is officially underway, and we're going to talk some hockey with Darren Pang. Is he ready to roll?
4: Absolutely. How are you, sir? I'm good, Claves. How are you doing this morning? A little chilly out I there, I understand. It. Yeah,
3: you know what? I, I, I tell you, it's interesting you bring that up because I ran out of the house feeling good about life and everything, and all of a sudden I got a little blast, and I said, uh-oh, got to make an adjustment change with the wardrobe.
4: Yeah, you no know, question. And My little, uh, two little granddaughters are going to their first Cardinals game this season, and uh, I was just about to give them a phone call say, bundle up. It's going to be cool out there.
3: There's no doubt about it. It's been very breezy at the ballpark here the last few days as well. And, and we're seeing wind blow from right to left. It normally doesn't work that way, but for some reason, it, it is very stiff. The winds have been very stiff at the ballpark. So you, being a good grandfather, gave them great advice. I
4: appreciate that. <laughs> you got it, but You ready for the playoffs?
3: I'm ready, man. You know, this is my favorite time of the year, one of my favorite times of the year, uh, because the first round – Everybody is reasonably healthy. Everybody already knows the matchups, and and it it just becomes one of those things where you can start to dislike somebody in a team really quick. And I think with all the matchups that I'm looking at, I think this Blues Minnesota Wild one will be one everybody should probably circle because this will be the the survival of the fittest as far as I'm concerned.
4: This is going to be a real good series. There's no question. And and going back to the first round itself, I – in all my years of broadcast, and I think it it generates the most amount of excitement because it generates the most amount of hope. I mean, you still have uh, you still have every single playoff team and every single playoff fan base. They're they're still in it. They believe that their team can win the Stanley Cup. So you've got way more eyeballs. You've got way more interest. You got way more passion. Um, and uh, again, it's uh, it, it it may be the most fun and entertaining round of the entire Stanley Cup if if, if you can uh, if you can actually. Uh, you know, I mean, we saw it when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, so it's always great for two two markets. But uh, all the other markets that lost aren't as excited as the ones that are in it in the yeah, final yeah, two. Right. So yeah, so I, Minnesota, St. Louis. Uh, I mean, I know the history of the Minnesota Wild aren't the Minnesota North Stars, but by and large, we all feel that way. It brings us back memories of the old Norris uh, Division days, and uh, they're a big, strong team. And and uh, and the Blues play a different game now. The Blues have got more depth than any team in the NHL. Um, and that's pretty impressive in terms of 20-goal uh, scores.
3: You, you mentioned Minnesota North Stars, and I remember one year the Blues played them. It was a game seven, and it, it went into overtime. And Kevin O'Shea took a shot just inside the red line from center ice and hit the knob of Cesar Montiago's stick, <laughs> bounced off his back, and went in the net, and that's how the Blues won a, a game seven in Minnesota.
4: That's amazing at the old Met center right there, Cesar oh, yeah. Montiago. Diego. Oh,
5: boy. That, uh, that, that brings I'm dating myself of memories. a little
3: bit, yeah. you know, He he and Gump Worsley were the two goalies they had, and, and Gump was very long in the tooth even then. And Monteago, he had a pretty good career, but I'll never forget. I'd never seen it before, and I don't think I'll ever see it again, how, how you score in overtime uh, in that particular game. Hit it right off the knob and bounced off the crossbar, hit him in the back and fell in the net, and it was over. And that's the great thing about hockey, sudden death. Is sudden death. I mean, you don't – there's no shootout or any of that. You know, hey, when it's in, it's over.
4: Don't worry about it. Exactly right. And that's why, uh, you know, we just just – last regular season game, games get determined by, you know, by a shootout or a three-on-three. And, uh, you know, I realize there's there's reasons why that happens, to speed up the process uh, for flights the next day or heavy schedule and you've got to end the game. But this is what hockey is all about. It's always been this way. It's determined by five-on-five hockey, determined by – you know very important matchups and, and not some kind of all-star um, skills competition, so this is, this is where this is really where the big boys uh, put on the boots and, and get her going and grind her out and I, I this series is one of those series I mean it It can go seven games and end overtime, and I don't think any of us would be surprised um, no, I agree. You know, so I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. And they got an injury too. You know, we don't know about that Marcus Foligno. He's a real big part of their their top big yes. line. You know, Eric Sinek and uh, and Jordan Greenway. And uh, you know, we've missed the last couple of games without Braden Shen, and that's just as significant on our end, or maybe more so. So hopefully these guys are, are healthy enough to go.
3: It is the story of the year for the St. Louis Blues: Vladimir Tarasenko and Doug Armstrong. Where Tarasenko spoke, Army listened. Tarasenko played, and we saw maybe the best hockey from Vladimir Tarasenko in, in a, certainly the last few years, and it, and it worked out where everybody ended up being happy at the end of the regular season.
4: Yeah, and and you know, and I think I think we should just enjoy the moment too, uh, Kirk. Yeah. You know, I, I really do, Claves. I just think that the the moments now and whatever happens after the season will happen after the season. But in the meantime, you're, you are right. It's you know, at the very beginning, it it, it took on such momentum and such a conversation with everybody uh, with Vladdy and his agent, uh, asking to be traded and, and know, and then as the season went along, it, it did disappear. Um, and I know it disappeared inside that locker room, um, earlier than people thought. So to credit to everybody, uh, Clay, it's a credit, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to, uh, you know, it's a credit to the training staff too. I mean, they kind of took it on the chin from that, you know, the new agent that he, that he took on Paul Theophonis and, and, uh, you know, I I think the lessons of all this are some things are best to be done, um, you know, behind closed doors and a lot more discreetly. But because that kind of put Vladdy in a in a in a pickle as well. But uh, as it turns out, he played hard. He found a magical centerman and a, you know, I mean, who knows how this would have turned out, Claves, if if Robert Thomas and and Vladdy didn't click the way they clicked. I mean, I mean because yeah. you know, Vlady did go up and down the lineup, and uh, you know, and then and then Craig Berube you know, he kept obviously going back to that group and, and, and with Robert and with Vladdy, and it just works. And, you know, what goal-scoring winger um, is disappointed when they're playing with a real good playmaker? None of them. None yeah, of them are disappointed right. when they've got a playmaking centerman like Robert Thomas. So I, I'm glad yeah. that all worked out because with Bushnevich on the left, he's also an unbelievable passer and a playmaker and, and a big body. And I can't, wait to see, I can't wait to see Bushnevich in his first playoff series with the St. Louis Blues.
3: By the way, I'm glad you brought his name up, and I'll go back to Army for a minute. I, I think everybody still is marvelled by the acquisition of a guy like Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo, but this Boost Navis trade certainly turned out to be one that you know that we got more than more fruit off the tree than I think anybody
4: envisioned. Absolutely, and and it may be because you know we, we especially last year where. We're so focused on we you know I keep kept thinking we were in the Central Division last year, but we were actually moved to the Pacific Division last year, so we were way out west and and our I think our fans' focal point was on the western conference so um i I know I didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to see the Eastern Conference teams last year um so but, but then you end up asking anybody around the East and talking about Bushnevich, and they, they, they raved about his two-way game and the, that he was a terrific penalty killer and that 17 of his 20 goals were at even strength. So that tells you a lot, that he wasn't just getting you know, his candy on the power play in the easy situations. He was getting it in the hard situations, and he, and he became a good penalty killer, exactly what the Blues needed, big winger that can skate and that can – be on the PK because you greatly miss that, especially not knowing Oscar Sunquist's status with all the injuries. With Alexander Steen's retirement, we can go on and on and on. Carl Gunnarsson moving on. So we needed some, some guys that were good on the defensive side of it, and that's where Bushnevich you know, first catches your eye, is how intelligent he is uh, defending. And then you notice, boy, how brilliant he is on the offensive side of it. You still there? I am still here, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. boy. Did I-
3: yeah, I lost you for a second. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm, something happened. You know, the, the gerbils run through the systems around here. But anyway, um, Darren, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the goaltending. Obviously, every series comes down to goaltending. And while Mark andre Fleury, he's a Hall of Famer, I don't think anybody's going to argue that point, and, and he's a great goaltender he can steal a series – I think a guy like that is only as good now at this point in his career as the guys in front of him. How do you feel about what Minnesota puts out there to defensively to make sure that Fleury doesn't get overworked and gets exposed at this point in his career?
4: Well, there's a lot of guys that I've talked about, uh, you know, during the course of getting ready for this playoffs, guys that are coaches in the league and just guys that I trust their opinions. And that's that's the one area that they, that you know, the, the thought out there is that the Blues, you know, can bully that defensive unit around a little bit, um, you know, they had a great season, so I don't understand how it would all, you know, how all of a sudden in a seven-game series, you're going to push around that that group. Um, but over time, I think the Blues have the mindset to wear down, you know, some of their smaller defensemen. Uh, Jared Spurgeon's been kind of banged up a little bit. Same with, you know, Dumba and Brodeen and um, you know, so that'll that'll be a big key. And we know that in in a series, if you can. If you can take a little bit of skin off of one of their defensemen early in a series, then as it goes along, maybe they get a little bit tentative going back and retrieving pucks. Um, when that happens, you know maybe that's the area that can expose the goaltender. Let's face it, the numbers. Bear this out. The Blues have had great success against Talbot. And so that's that's the question mark is to, you know, will we see more than one goaltender in this series? Hey, heck, will we see four goaltenders in this series? Nobody knows for sure. how mm-hmm. Nobody knows how Billy Huso is going to respond in his first seven-game playoff series. He doesn't have any experience in seven-game series. So there's, there's always that, you know, that what-if a portion of it and that's why you need four good goaltenders and i would say that around the nhl how many teams have four options or two on each team like st louis and minnesota do not very many so if the blues could exploit especially early on on home ice where the pressure is on a cam talbot especially um you know and all of a sudden the boo come out and all of a sudden the questions start arising um, and then you make a change and then you then you dent the armor in the second goaltender that that's that's how series are won right there. So um, that that's the part that we don't know yet going into it, but uh, we will find out after after game one.
3: All right. So for the Blues, uh, aside from staying out of penalty box, what concern would you have about them going into this series about Minnesota?
4: Uh the size that that big line I was talking about that grief line i mean if, if again if felino is and and i don't know if this is official or not, but he went knee on knee um and in in the last regular season game I just was looking at some reports online, so i don't know how accurate they are, but it uh, doesn't seem to be structural damage, but boy, it looked to me like he tore an a c l if, if if it if that's not the case and it's just a you know it was a mild injury or or bone bruise, and he can play. Then that would be a concern for me because they can they can really wear you down. They are they are a tough matchup, and so uh, that size. But uh, but other than that, uh, adding Nick Letty solidifies the top four. Scandella has been injured for a little bit, but he comes in and now he's a he's a good size as well. Um, Cal, I, I, the depth on our blue line is very very good. So um, I think our center Iceman Klaves are 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 not. Individually, you look at Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and, and Tyler Bozak. I, you know, I, I think we've got the edge there in the center ice position. And so, again, I think all the way around, I think if the Blues play their game, I think they've got an advantage here.
3: All right, final question for Darren Pang. Uh, we talked about the Blues playoff series. Give me another series that people might want to pay attention to that might be a beyond intriguing.
4: You know what's, what's, I mean, I'm going back in, in time here, but there's a few people that are interested in the Western Conference in, in Edmonton with all the pressure on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, we know that their goaltending was good down the stretch, but, you know, now the pressure's on to get beyond that first round. Um, and and I don't know, L.A.'s got a system that can frustrate the heck out of you, and mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see if if L.A. can knock them out. There are many that think and that could be an upset there. And the other one is Toronto and Tampa Bay. Um, a great series. I think this is going to be unbelievable. There's so many, you know, Ontario- Canadians that are they're that down in Tampa Bay as well, whether they're French Canadians or, or from Ontario. Um, that's, their, that's their winter homes. There's a lot of passion going on there. There's a lot of pressure on Toronto. And interestingly, I talked to John Cooper. It was about a, maybe a month ago about the playoff series. And I said, boy, that'll be a good match if It's you in Toronto. He goes, we, we haven't played well against Toronto. So that's just something to keep in mind, that uh, maybe Toronto can win their first playoff series in what seems like a 100 years. Uh, against the Tampa Bay. But I think that's going to be a great series, Claves.
3: Well, they have the longest streak of getting, not getting to the finals, let alone winning the cup. So uh, yep. maybe this will be this year where they can at least get to the finals in St. Louis and Toronto and Stanley Cup finals. That's okay with me.
4: Oh, that would be fantastic. I mean, that would be yeah. unbelievable, yep. I'd enjoy that. Good
3: restaurants. Good restaurants in Toronto. It's one of <laughs> yes. my favorite cities in the world. Hey, Darren, sure. as always, it's great to visit with you, sir. Best of luck to you in the St. Louis Blues in the postseason, and I'm sure we'll see your smiling face on TNT somewhere down the road as well.
4: Yep, sounds good in the first round, but I'll be covering all the all our games on Valley Sports uh, Midwest here for the first round, so that'll be awesome. Looking
3: forward to it, sir. Have Thanks. fun.
4: Okay, buddy. Take thank care. You.
3: All right, Darren Pang, St. Louis Blues, and Valley Sports, and the Blues get off tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild, eight thirty start, so you can come down and watch the Cardinals, and then you can go take go home and take in the Blues, and uh, it should be a very good night for St. Louis sports, uh, day and night tomorrow as the Cardinals take on the Kansas City Royals in a makeup game, and then the Blues are in action as I mentioned against Minnesota, eight thirty face off in Minneapolis. So we'll take a break. We'll come back in just a bit. John Mosellock will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk a little baseball with him, so we invite you to stick around. Joe Pott is here, and he's got the pregame show coming up in just a bit as well. He's our rip and ready to go, and we look forward to hearing what he has to say starting just after 12 here on KMOX. We'll take a break and come back after this.
0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly. North. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Don't forget, Cardinal baseball comes your way here in just a bit. Joe Pott will have the pregame show for you. And uh one of the th- interesting things about today, the the, la- the lineup, you know, we've always heard, well, you know, Albert's going to face all left-handers. He's going to face Zach Davies today. And at last check, if I recall, he was in he was in Milwaukee and Chicago and San Diego. He was right-handed. And I'm assuming he's still right-handed as far as the pitcher is concerned. So there may be more of a tell as far as Albert facing him somewhere else. But I know in talking to Ali Marmo earlier um, that they want to give Goldie a day off, period. And so that will be interesting to see how things unfold today. So uh, if you're Zach Davies – yeah, be careful. That's all I can say. You know, I know everybody thinks about the lefty-righty matchup, but Albertson the lineup for a reason. So maybe there's something there, and we'll look forward to seeing that and hearing John and Ricky talk about that when we get started with Cardinal baseball a little bit after the hour of 12 with Joe Pies as I mentioned, in the pregame show. All right, we'll take another break. We'll come back. John Mazzaloc will join us, and we'll talk some Cardinal baseball and baseball as a whole with him after we take this time out.
2: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a
3: Sunday morning.
2: And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Pelicans win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice. KMOX.
3: Welcome back, everybody. We are in the Stiefel Sports Studio here at the ballpark. I'm Mike Claiborne, and we now go back to the guest line and standing by as the president of baseball operations for the Cardinals. He is John Moselock. Mo, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. I'm looking forward to today. We've got a nice, crisp day outside, and the Cardinals are looking to get a split with Arizona before we have the makeup game tomorrow. So I want to ask you about that right off the hop because – there's always weather issues at this time of the year. Walk me through the process that you go through when you look down the road and, and how weather may have an impact on the schedule.
6: Yeah, so this morning got up, and I was just, you know, normal routine and um, just decided to take a peek at, at what tomorrow looks like. You know, clearly, you know, we we all sort of sometimes think we're just super competitive and we just, you know, we don't care about the other team, but – I mean, I know they're having to come back to, to make this game up, and I was just curious to see what tomorrow's forecast looked like. And um, when I noticed that there could be some potential rain tomorrow afternoon, late afternoon, I was like, hmm, boy, I'd hate to start this game and then end up you know, either not being able to play it or delayed. So then I made a few phone calls to Billy Finley, Matt Gifford, and that group just to see what they're hearing. And I talked with MLB, and then there's a whole other like checklist of what we have to do internally and then we also needed the Royals to sign off. But, uh, you know, in in the end, everybody thought it was in everybody's best interest to move the game up. And so with great, great, great cooperation um, throughout this organization and the Royals and MLB, we were able to do it. Yeah, that's good. So what time will the game start then? 12.15 uh, tomorrow.
3: OK. All right. Because I know some listeners may not have found that out because, uh, as you mentioned, it was something that, it's been ongoing here for the last few hours, so twelve fifteen start tomorrow. All right, let's talk a little bit about your ball club, and, and we'll start with the minor league system. They've got a, almost a month under their belts. Give me your impression of how things are progressing and, and who do you like as far as their ability individually to progress?
6: Well, okay, I think if we start at, at Memphis, we're certainly excited about what we're seeing with that team right now. Um, from an offensive standpoint you have a lot of guys that are shining starting and probably the the person getting the most attention is nolan nolan gorman who um hit another home run last night uh but is is hovering right around 1200 ops so it's it's a legit number and uh then remember Yepes, who we got to see a lot this spring swinging a hot bat as well i think he hit two home runs last night and then uh Burleson, who I think uh, you, you got introduced to this this past spring as well, outfielder, also swinging the bat really well. So it's just a lot of positives on that end. I think, you know, from a pitching standpoint, it was nice to see Oviedo with a really good outing last night, went seven innings, one walk, eight strikeouts, um, no runs. So that was really impressive. And then, you know, Limitor has been as advertised. He's really pitching well. And so I think from like the high. Prospect group, or, or the one that's like knocking most on the door, we're really excited about what we're seeing there. And then, of course, you know what you're seeing at Double A on down. There's there's guys making marks, and I think like probably the one that sticks out the most. I know like Jordan Walker gets a, a, a lot of press, but Mason Wynn has, has really played well. And um, you know, I think he was always advertised as, as this big arm, good, flashy defensive shortstop, but for the past month, he's really swinging the bat well. And uh, I can tell you, like, internally, we're super excited about that.
3: You know, uh, Mason Wynn is a guy that was was kind of cast as a very good athlete who happens to play baseball. Uh, where has he started to really improve his game? Because I know there was some talk about maybe he's, he could be a pitcher, maybe he's going to be a shortstop. Uh, where, where do you see his final resting place as far as professional baseball is concerned?
6: We always hate to put ceilings on people or, or or try to predict something that you know has a lot of uh, fluidity in it, if you will. But I, given how he's hit over the past month, you know, right now you're going to say he's going to stay at short. He has a cannon. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think from shortstop last year, counting the big leagues, he had five of the hardest throws in all of baseball from short. So, I mean, it just tells you his arm strength. But the question is, is what's his offensive uh, profile look like. And, you know, so when you talk about being an athlete, yeah, he oozes athleticism, it's incredible. But, you know, he's got a lot of baseball skills too. And, and the fact that, that he is competing and swinging the bat as well as he is at high A at such a young age is super encouraging. So I'm um, really happy to see what he's doing. And, you know, I think from like when I talk with like Gary LaRock and his group, they're just, they're thrilled.
3: You mentioned young age. This, this organization as a whole in the minor league system has to be one of the youngest organizations because you guys have drafted a lot of kids that have been able to get on the fast track train quicker than a lot of other teams would, would probably put them on.
6: You know, last year, I believe we were the third youngest overall minor league system in baseball. And that's that's determined based on like where players are playing at, at levels. And so that was sort of Interesting to see, but I think that's also perhaps why we struggled a bit from a win-loss standpoint this year. I think you're you're seeing guys more at the level they should be, and so expected play has been what we anticipated. But you know, we've always had that sort of aggressive approach because you know, like when you think about having uh, you know a position at the minor league level and and you know worrying about like are you going to get opportunity, we've always been really aggressive in in getting players moving and. You know, I appreciate, like, how Gary and his group think about it. And, you know, you'll probably start to see some players even move here in the next uh, two to three weeks. Speaking
3: of which, Nolan Gorman has gotten off to a roaring start, and I, I think everybody's anxious to see him. Where has he made the biggest improvement? Because we saw him in the spring, and he he's still trying to play second base and get accustomed to that position. But in your opinion, from where you sit, where has the biggest improvement come from?
6: Well, I think – you know, right now, obviously, he's swinging the bat with a lot of authority of power. You would like to see maybe strikeout rate get cut down a little bit because, you know, obviously, if you have a high strikeout rate in AAA, that usually means it's probably going to continue up here at the big leagues. If not, maybe even get a little worse. So that's just something to sort of keep an eye on. Um, but overall, his, you know, adapting to second base from, from transitioning from third, I think, has been pretty seamless. And so we're really excited defensively of what you're seeing out of him. So, really the key now is like, you know, exactly where can we play him and and how comfortable are we with what we're doing at short at the big league level? So we're gonna need a little time to sort of think through that and and see how that that best plays out. But, you know, for him, he's continuing to to get his at- bats. Probably the most important thing is he's playing every day. And when you're that age, getting at bats every day is critical
3: and and, and obviously, if he transitions to this situation here at the big league level, you, you have to find a bats for a guy like he, sitting here watching is not doing anybody any good. I would think.
6: No, it's, it, it's, it's even a little bit like what you just recently saw with like new bar. And now you're mm-hmm. seeing it to some level with, with Donovan, you know, you're just not playing. And these are young players that are still trying to, you know, form their own major league identity. And, when you're not getting that opportunity, that's that's really difficult for your career arc.
3: <clears throat> John Moselock, president of the Cardinals baseball operations, is our guest. All right, one of, one final question for you. Uh you have any thoughts about the offense being down around the game, not just with the Cardinals? And I know the annual subject comes up are the baseballs and how they're being dealt with. And now we have the humidor that's now a factor as well. Uh, from where you sit, any thoughts on that, or is it a little too early because we're, we're still in the month of April for the most part? Uh, well, we're going well, to May. Well, we turned the page today to May days. one, yeah.
6: but but having said that, the, you know, I think we're we're all sort of like wondering exactly what's happening, and so I don't have like a, a great insightful answer for you on what's going on with with sort of offense throughout the league. I mean, obviously, you're dealing with some some difficult weather situations um, this past month. And and clearly, as you turn the page to to May, you're hoping for for warmer days. But you know, it's 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 certainly frustrating to see because you know, like we we talk about pace of game, we talk about action in the game, and you know, it's it's a little frustrating when you're not seeing uh, uh, more offense. And what's so strange to me is, you know, the first week and a half of our season, like, you know, we were putting up like real numbers and doing it quickly and even doing it in difficult weather circumstances and, you know, even some tougher ballparks to hit in. And then, you know, we sort of transition to some warmer weather, uh, more offensive-minded ballparks, and we're just not seeing it. So it's a bit of a head-scratcher. I assure you we um, have some really smart people looking into this. And, uh, you know, hopefully in time we can either solve the real issue of, of, you know, creating more offense, or at least we'll have an opinion on what's going on.
3: John Moselock, as always, we thank you for your time this morning, and uh, let's hopefully we can get this one in today, which we will uh, from a weather standpoint, and maybe we can get the one in tomorrow. Fingers crossed, certainly,
6: on that one. Yep. Let's hope for a win. All right. Thanks, Michael.
3: Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. John Moselak, our guest. We're going to take a break. And, and by the way, once again, to reiterate what Mo said, uh, the Cardinals, the game tomorrow has been moved to twelve fifteen. Cardinals have just issued a release Twelve fifteen. Now, I know a lot of people think maybe it was 3-15, and that's the way it was scheduled after they decided they had to have the makeup game. But it's now twelve fifteen 15 because uh, some weather is supposed to roll through here later in the day. And as John mentioned, uh, nobody wants to sit around here all day when we can get the game in a little earlier. So 12-15 tomorrow. So everything is going to be moved up a little bit. So I want to make sure everybody's aware. Tell a friend. Come on down, have a good time, and we'll see the Cardinals take on the Kansas City Royals tomorrow. We're in action today as well, so if you're looking for something to do, this wouldn't be a bad spot to hang out today. The weather's going to be spectacular here at the ballpark and certainly in the St. Louis area, so stick around, come back, and check us out this afternoon as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to visit with Chris May, the Athletic Director of St. Louis University. That comes your way after we take this time out from the Stiefel Sports Studio here at the ballpark.
6: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app
2: there's a high fly ball welcome back to the meyer jensen sports on a sunday morning and it's on no jensen a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off meyerjensen.com and the billikens win this one touchdown kansas city on america's sports voice kmox
3: welcome back everybody mike claiborne here at the ballpark in the stiefel sports studio joe pot comes your way just after 12 with the cardinal pregame show but we're going to go back to the guest line and standing by as the athletic director at st louis university and he is chris may chris good morning sir
5: Good morning, Claves.
3: How are you doing today? Life is wonderful, man. I got up. That's a, that's always a good start, getting up, and then you're moving around. And now I'm at the ballpark looking forward to some Cardinal baseball this afternoon. But you have been a busy person. And I want to talk about what's going on, not only with, with you in the athletic department, but just college sports overall. So two weeks ago, we had a guy who decided he was going to go into the portal. The next day, you make an announcement about name and likeness. He decides to come back and all is, ha- all is good again. And and your staff, your basketball staff is still out recruiting. I ran into some coaches last night and, uh, they had the full court press on and, they- but there's just so much going on and we haven't even talked about a game yet.
5: Yeah, Mike, uh, it, uh, it's an amazing time in college athletics for sure. And, uh, yeah, you saw those guys. We got a recruit in here today. We've, we had women's recruits in here Friday, Saturday. We got men's recruits in. Um, it is, it's an amazing time right now. And, you know, there's an evolution of uh, college sports happening right now. I'm not sure anybody knows what the end result's going to be in another 24 months. Um, but clearly, since um, the name, image, and likeness uh, opportunities started last summer, and uh, that, combining at the same moment that the uh, transfer portal opened up, caused for uh, caused for a really amazing time in our in our business. And uh, as as Travis Ford and I talk all the time, what we've got to do is just keep uh, keep doing what St. Louis University's done for a long time, and putting these kids in a great position to compete. Fortunately, uh, our community has been off the charts in supportive of. Uh, of all of the enterprise, and that's helped us a bunch. And we've got a we've got a great group of young pe- young people. You talked about the basketball kids across the board. I mean, we've got a baseball game here right now. It's number one versus number two, Davidson and SLU. We've got a softball series, one versus two, SLU and GW and DC. We got uh, we've got 400 student athletes here getting after it, and so uh, there's a lot of positive things. But clearly, the the transfer portal and the name, image, and likeness space has changed. Uh, college athletics in a hurry and uh, it'll be interesting to see as it works itself out
3: do you think um that we will see some tweaking of how name image and likeness works along with the portal itself
5: oh there's no question mike yeah there will be some tweaking for sure um you know the uh the ncaa i'm on the uh i'm on the council and the ncaa is right now looking at um, some directives that are going to come out in the next two weeks in the in the Nil space um, people are all trying to figure out what's best and right for the portal and it's twofold what helps the student athletes the most, but also how do you really manage this industry so you can have programs have have uh, rosters and be able to plan on how we best serve this group but but Mike for sure there's going to be some there's going to be some tweaking, as you call it. And I think in the end, there's going to be federal legislation that's going to come out to really put more parameters around this space. We all believe that will happen. You know, it's been in the legislative committees in, in D.C. on the Senate side. Um, there's a lot of that that will, will end up coming coming to fruition. But right now, right now, um, it's never a dull moment. It, uh and and, uh, and rightfully so, our students have the ability to to monetize their name, image, and likeness, and they're taking advantage of it. We, as you mentioned, we uh, we we've been working for about ninety days on the Billiken Exchange, which is an opportunity for uh, companies to go in and really connect directly with our student athletes, and we've got many doing that right now. And so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a very vibrant, uh, action-filled time in intercollegiate athletics at the NCAA level, for sh- Division One level for sure.
3: Chris May is the athletic director at St. Louis University, and I want to go back to name, image, and likeness where uh, you guys are now, the, uh, would you say the conduit between athlete and people who want to get involved with uh, being part of a name, image, and likeness program?
5: Well, um, we aren't the conduit. What we did is we partnered with a national company that has a platform to be the conduit and, mm-hmm. and we help people connect. Sure. But the, the, the conduit is really the platform, which we, we partnered with a company called influencer. Who's got about 80% of the division one main programs, uh, at the power five level. And it's going down. We're the second in the Atlantic 10. I think there's one in the big East right now. Um, so it's growing and building, but, uh, what we've done is we built we built this platform so anybody can go in and connect right away. You can if you want student athlete X that you want to you want to partner with and have them help your business and what you're trying to do and you want to help them. You can go in there right now, sign up, and connect with them and and cut a deal and move forward. Okay,
3: so how can people get involved? Because you know one of the, one of the interesting things about college sports, you know, and you're around boosters fans people who want to support or talk the game now they have a chance Mm -hmm. to actually back it up uh with being even more involved with with the name image and likeness thing where you know it's something that you know everybody wants to sit in the front row and talk about how they're big shots with the program not just st louis university but now they can actually directly be involved so how can people do that uh if you're a fan and you say you know this is something i might want to entertain
5: so it's real easy. You can go on our slewbillikins.com com website. There's a connection right in there, the Billiken Exchange, and you can sign up today. You can sign up today. I'm Mike Claiborne. You put in your profile. You'll get approved. You can go connect with student athlete X to have them come do a website for you. You can have them come do an appearance at your at your birthday party. You can have them come to an appearance at a uh, at a community service project that you believe in and you work with and you want them to be there to help support and, and push. You can have them do commercials. You can have them do billboards. All the above, you can sign up and have that done real fast, and, that, and that's what people are doing.
3: I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact you hired a basketball coach on the women's side here recently as well. Uh, so tell me a little bit about her and uh, what her vision is.
5: We did, Mike, and, and, and I appreciate we talked throughout the process as we talked to many people in our city. We're thrilled. Uh, Rebecca Tillett, we hired uh, from Longwood. Um, she comes highly, highly uh, uh, recommended uh, in, in college basketball. Um, she, they, she went to the NCAA tournament this year, won in the NCAA tournament. Um, she has hit the ground running. The one thing we wanted is somebody, one, that could teach, two, that could really move this program forward, and three, recruit. Um she, uh, she has a background. She recruited at, uh, at uh, the Naval Academy. And I said, I, I remember, and we talked. I said, Rebecca, number one item is, one, you got to leave this program. Two, got to recruit St. Louis. And she's like, I know. I've already studied it. And she goes, and when you recruit to the Naval Academy, that's not easy either. And, but uh, she came back from the first recruiting weekend and said, Chris, you were right. These St. Louis kids can flat out play. She's like, I want to offer every one of them. And uh, so she, uh, she followed the St. Louis kids from the East Coast to Indy last weekend. And uh, we are thrilled. Uh, she's hit the ground running. She's getting after it. And uh, we're really thrilled. And as you know, women's basketball is critically important to us. And Lisa Stone did a great job of, of, of moving our program to respectability. But now it's time to win championships. And we, uh, we're thrilled with Rebecca. And we, we're putting the tools around her to have our women's basketball team be as good as our women's soccer program is they won four championships in a row and they're a top 25 team. And with the great girls' basketball that's played in St. Louis, we know that it's a fertile recruiting ground and we've got to do a great job in that space so everybody can be ever bit as proud of those young women who play high school ball here that they come here to St. Louis U and uh, and take the Billikens to the, to the highest levels of women's basketball.
3: Chris May is our guest. And, Chris, you've been an AD for quite some time now. Uh, How much has your job changed uh, from when you first took over St. Louis U to where we're at now? And Obviously, the portal and and the NIL are are certainly two things that would certainly come to mind. But what else has changed about how things are done when it comes to being an athletic director at a Power 5 conference?
5: Wow, Claibs, uh, I was thinking about the first time you and I met downtown for lunch long time ago. And uh, coach, coach Majerus was our coach, and you and I were dealing with all kinds of good opportunities back in the day. You're laughing. Uh, we're, we'll just leave it at that, okay? And uh, wow, wow, <laughs> wow have we come a long way, Klibs. Um No doubt where, about it, but it's been a fun run, ride where, for sure. Oh, oh, it has. And you know what? I couldn't be more proud of what we're doing at SLU. We, uh... I mean, on the 24th of May, we're we're breaking ground on the O'Loughlin Family Champion Center, and that is an unbelievable message of our community serving and believing in St. Louis University student athletes and what we do here at SLU. And so, you know, there's so been so many great things going on. You got Travis Ford here who who has who's recruiting at a high high level. We keep competing at the highest level in the A10. You've got. Kevin Kalish doing a great job with the men's soccer team, Katie Shields, all that stuff. So we, we have come so far, and I couldn't, you know, we opened up the Legacy Center at our soccer facility, which is as good a facility as there is in the country. So we've, we've come a long way, but with this industry, um, it has evolved immensely in the last 24 months. It really has. the How we support student-athletes, and we, we support student-athletes uh, at the highest level we have in ever and it'll continue to get better and better with the facilities and the staffing that we're able to put these young people in position to do. But how it's evolving so quickly is just amazing. And, uh, you know, it's a 24-7 block and tackle deal, but uh, I couldn't (laughs) be more proud to be here.
3: Hey, Chris, as always, it's great to visit with you. Best of luck to everyone at St. Louis U. And we'll be in touch, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark here hopefully soon.
5: Please, we'll be there. Thank you. Have a great day, and uh, let's get some baseball wins today.
3: There you go, sir. Thank you again. He's Chris May. I'm Mike Claiborne. Stick around. The news is coming up next. Joe Pott will have pregame, and then John and Ricky will have Cardinal Baseball here on your voice for the Redbirds and St. Louis University, KMOX.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.